hate it. I hate it. Oh man. I want to say it's too early for this, but it's never too early for theme parks. No, it's too early for this. Hey everybody, welcome to the QDQ podcast. If you don't know us by now, my name is Becca. I'm Shay, and this is our official rope drop edition. Rope drop because <laughs> seriously. It's 8.40 in the morning, my time. I mean, it's like, I mean, that makes it an hour later here, so it's still not yeah. not much better for, nope. for the attendance. You may notice that Ben is not here. It's because he's sleeping, and he deserves it. <laughs> yeah, he's much smarter than we are. But you get to hear my morning voice, where I can talk and sing quite low, because I haven't warmed up yet. It's Shay's radio announcer voice. Thank you all for coming to q to q here on the the WNASNH airwaves. Yes, today we're going to be featuring some wonderful updates from our hosts. We'll be talking about the drinks that we're drinking, the news that is up and about, and of course, Opryland. Opryland, that sultry place down south of the border that once once was the home of the four corners of American music. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Fabulous. All right. Well, uh, yeah. Shay, how was your week? <laughs> uh, crazy. So I discussed last week how a friend of mine was in town. He was still in town this week. He's on his way home today. But this past week, we really went out of our way to go crazy places. So, of course, over the weekend, we went back to Kings Island, had some amazing experiences there. And, uh, and then here back in Nashville, now that you know we're all vaccinated and everything, and, and I had a friend in town, I was like, okay, let's go hit all these things that I've been wanting to hit so we went uh, to a place called chopper which is a robot tiki themed bar what yes very it two two aesthetics that you didn't know made Mm-mm. perfect sense to combine together until you see this bar well robots and tikis um, have been going together strong since the enchanted tiki room so ah uh, yes good point yep um and then uh, yesterday, we actually went to Gaylord Opryland, which we'll be discussing later today. Mm-hmm. Uh, and But it was interesting because right now, they have this like pirates and princesses theme going on. So, you know, all the little boys can come and be pirates, all the little girls can come be princesses. And, and I assume if one, if a little boy wants to be a princess, they can be. And if a little girl wants to be a pirate, they can be. Everyone can be um, what they want to be. Yes. But, uh, but as you can imagine, it is marketed in a specific way. Um, but what was really interesting is they said on, on all the advertisements, they were like at 9.30, there's going to be a show on the riverboat ride because Opryland has a, like their main, their very large internal uh, arboretum area has a little boat ride that goes all the way around. You can see it from the outside. It's like if Pirates of the Caribbean was um, outside, but inside. Uh, and usually it's just a tour, but apparently at 9.30, they took a bunch of people who I assume were like paid to be part of the show or something. I don't know. There were four boats running around. And then the surprise was that there is one point in the loop when the four boats can kind of line up and form sort of an audience next to a fifth boat where there was a show that happened. Oh, wow. There were, yeah, there was like three pirates that were all on this fifth boat. And they did this uh, this uh, musical <laughs> show. It was like twenty minutes long. Uh, you know, it's it, it's not gonna not gonna bring home any Peabodies or anything. But it was you know about a I think a couple pirates uh, kidnapped a princess and she decided she wanted to be a pirate, so she became the captain and 
the the talent was there obviously very talented performers there was a fire eater um and it all took place on a little boat in the water it was delightful and such a surprise and uh i did not expect that from from what is essentially a a hotel with a very uh, elaborate indoor arboretum um wow and then yes the uh the the highlight of my week for sure was a bar that we went to called cross-eyed critters and when i was talking to my friends about it they said it's it's a bar that has an animatronic band so i was thinking oh someone probably just like grabbed a couple chuck e cheese figures and, and reskinned them or something no 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 it's better than that that, that <laughs> it is not it is not a i mean it is a band but it's more than a band it is a backup band for karaoke oh are you kidding <laughs> I am not. Oh my gosh, kidding. I'm coming right now, Shay. Let's go. Yeah, no, you should. It was so good. And we were there all night. We were there from like six until damn near midnight, singing our hearts out, being accompanied by these three animatronic figures. It's a, a fox dressed up like Dolly Parton on the piano, a little pig playing guitar, and a, a very big bear on, on upright bass. Um, wow, I love this. Oh my gosh, yes, it was so good. Uh, and they they had their own shows. So a few times throughout the night, they they sang a song, the three of them. And then for the rest of the night, they were playing backup for a bunch of people. And the, even apart from all of, apart from that, the bar itself was really well um, decorated out to look like a saloon. And it was inside of this new hotel called, oh no, I've forgotten what the hotel is called. Um, hold on, hold on, hold on. Side Critters, which is inside of uh, The Graduate. Yeah, apparently it opened like last year. Um, wow. And The Graduate, the the aesthetic of The Graduate's lobby is like uh, if Dolly Parton was told to just make a lobby. It's just, it's so <laughs> bright. It's so colorful. It's, it's like 1950s um, decorated to the nines. What a, oh man. And it's, you, you do not expect to find an animatronic karaoke western saloon inside of this thing and it's like it's so well hidden too um i had to ask for directions to find this bar it was great uh what a what a wonderful night so uh, anyway that's that's how i am uh, how are you becca um i'm good i got a couple surprise days off because of course i work outside and what happens outside sometimes is that it rains so um i had um my roommate who also works with me um my roommate had a bunch of our co-workers over and we just had like a little game night yesterday so we played we played a bunch of board games we played parappa the rapper if you're unfamiliar with that huh. game <laughs> um have you played parappa oh i mean back in the day yeah, yeah we've been playing parappa the rapper so i've just had a cheap cheap chicken stuck in my head for the last four days but um, yeah, it was it was a pretty pretty nice night. Now um, this is my second day off in a row, and I have uh, some catch up work to do. But I'm also, like I said in the last couple of episodes, just getting ready for for moving, and that's proven to be more overwhelming than I thought because I have never moved so far away, and also had like like normally I I move like a few hours from my parents, so it's like if I leave stuff there, it's fine but they're also in the process of moving. So now I don't have like an in-between of like, it's okay, I can just leave it there. So I'm like, ah, what do I do? <laughs> you know? So, um, so yeah, it's a little overwhelming, but we, we, 
carry on, you know? Yes, yes. <sighs> you drinking anything, Shay? It's the morning. I am drinking coffee. I am drinking winter spice coffee from actually it's it's a roaster up in new england that uh, i love very much and i ordered like a hundred dollars worth of coffee from them a few months ago and it's all these different flavors and i'm just in heaven when i have coffee at home now where is it from i was really afraid you'd ask that because i've forgotten that's okay <laughs> sorry shouldn't have asked <laughs> no no it's fine i feel like uh come on come on email oh here we go crema coffee roasters Oh. Wait, nope, nope, oh. that's not correct at all. That is that is a receipt <laughs> from a coffee roaster in Nashville. Oh, ah, nice. Mill City Roasting. There it is. Nope, that is no, no, this is correct. This is correct. Mill City Roasting. Yeah. So if you've been to um there's a chain uh Tucker's. If you've been to Tucker's, all of their coffee is Mill City Roasting. And uh I would whenever I'd go home and mom would take me out to Tucker's, I'd just be in love with their stuff. And so we figured out where they got their coffee from and yeah, a few months ago, I ordered nine different flavors of coffee wow. from them because, yeah, because it's so good. And yes, this the one I am currently drinking is um, is the winter spice coffee, which is like kind of vaguely chocolate, chocolatey tasting. It's really good. Delicious. Anyway, you guys should definitely look them up. Not sponsored. Not sponsored. They're the, <laughs> they're in London Dairy. Ah. Cool. Mm -hmm. um, Are you drinking anything? I am notable? also doing coffee, um, and oh, yeah? it's just a New England coffee from from like Hannaford. <laughs> okay. Just uh, <laughs> just it's like a caramel one, but it's delicious, and uh, it's morning, so Great. we'll be enjoying more. <laughs> <laughs> um, shall we jump right into the news, Shay? Let's do the news. Uh, fireworks were back at Disney this week. Um, and they had like a little cast member preview. And I guess Jordan Fisher was at the Happily Ever After one. I think that's pretty cool. What, who, who or what is uh, Jordan, Jordan Fisher? Jordan Fisher is the vocalist for the song Happily Ever After. Oh, cool. Yeah. I like that guy. Um, yeah. He, he's pretty cool. Um, he's a pretty fun dude too. Like I, I support him outside of my support for theme parks as well. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. But he 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 was there at the the cast member preview, which I thought was pretty cool. And also yeah. a win a win for for inclusivity this weekend or this week. Um, the the happily ever after used to start ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children, or dreamers of all ages. And now the announcement to for happily ever after is just dreamers of all ages. Um, we've gotten rid of the formalities. And I am so happy. I, I, I don't know if anyone was particularly bothered in the first place with the ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, but I think it's just an, a, a subtle step forward. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I will admit that whenever I would see the show and I would hear that, I'd be like, hmm, is this, is this, are, are we being inclusive with this announcement? So I'm glad that they kind of got well, ahead of it. Well, I'm, it, it's, it's funny that you say like, are we being inclusive? Because I thought the fact that they even just they could have just ladies and gentlemen boys and girls but the fact that they already did have dreamers of all ages in my brain was a step towards inclusivity but i think your train of thought is also true of like just because we say that thing does that mean that it is you know mm -hmm. so i think i think two different two different ways of thinking about it but either way 
subtle steps. Yeah, I like it. Good. Um, yeah, it looks like you guys are having fire in the sky. Fire in the sky. Yeah, we've gotten so many people being like, are you doing fireworks this weekend? For context, we're recording this on July 3rd. Um, and the unfortunate answer is no, but we've been such a staple of like Canopy does fireworks for the fourth. That's usually the weekend that we kick it off. Um, but we work with an outside company and we couldn't swing it this year, but never fear on July 16th, every Friday between July 16th and September 3rd, we will be hosting our, our, our typical weekend fireworks show. Mm -hmm. So that's exciting. Fireworks are my favorite part of the week. Yeah. Just, and it's not, uh, is it- it's not because it's like a particularly exciting show. It's just a very unique and different thing that I get to do for my job. You know what I mean? Oh, great. Yeah. Um, Cause in years past and we, we haven't figured out logistically um, the, the, the show technicians have operated the sound. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. So it's, it's, it's very fun. Um, so I, I'm excited to, to see its return. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Philhar Magic mm-hmm. is adding a new scene for the first time since this show came out, which was over ten years ago. Uh, they are adding a new scene, which is great because I feel like that's the perfect format to add things to. Oh, yeah. I'm kind of surprised they haven't up till now. Um, so I um. It's going to be a Coco scene, which is great. That's so exciting because yep. you, and, we've been demanding Coco content. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And so it's, it's going into both the uh, California Adventure version and the Disney World version. And the reason that that excites me is because um, uh, the California Adventure version, since the day it opened a few years ago, has had a digital projection technology, mm. whereas PhilharMagic back at at Disney World is still on film, uh, old-fashioned. Oh, film. really? Oh, yeah. That's that's why, frankly, the the overall quality of the images on PhilharMagic are not the same as they are uh, over in in California Adventure. And and I know that there there's been an alignment issue or something. I I get a headache whenever I watch the one in in Disney World, which is really unfortunate because it's such a delightful show. Um, and so to to me, and they have not announced this yet, but you know the if they were going to add the Coco scene to the film reel, I mean, that, that that's hard. To, <laughs> it's yeah. It's such a process. So to me, if I'm going to change the source footage of an attraction and I know that this attraction has needed to be technologically updated, um, this is when I'm going to do it. So to me, once they, they haven't they said by the 50th is when they're gonna have the new coco scenes at disney world so i have to believe that they're gonna update it to a Mm -hmm. digital projection technology and i can't wait because the one in dca is beautiful but it's an old muppets theater so it's it's a small theater whereas this this is huge i mean it's the largest 3d screen like on the planet or something like that like it's it's insane Um, i didn't know that yeah so i remember reading that uh, when I was on a Keys to the Kingdom tour and we were downstairs in the, um, the, uh, sorry, what are those things? The, the Utilidors. Yeah. And there was like a little, you know, an, an in, in-house, hello there, cast member TV. 
Mm-hmm. And a fun fact that was on a few of the TVs was, did you know the PhilharMagic is the largest 3D screen on the planet? I, I may be, there may be some detail in there that I'm missing, but it was, it was something to that effect. Yeah, so it's, it's huge. It's gigantic. Wow. And hey, I'm man, very excited for that. Projectors can't be that expensive, she said with sarcasm. <laughs> Not as expensive as they were 10 years That's ago. That's true. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's the projections themselves that are very expensive. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, uh, projections. Love it. Um, boop, 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 boop. Oh, so uh, yeah. Um, holiday festivities are coming back for at Universal Studios for 51 days beginning in November. Thank goodness. We love it. I love the holiday yep. stuff at Universal. It's really fun. Does Does Universal Studios in Orlando have the Seuss tree? I don't know if they do. No. Universal Studios in Hollywood, they're, I think, oh man, I may be, I may be making this up, but I think their like entire holiday celebration is kind of around Seuss. Like that's how it's, it's advertised. Well, I don't know if it's still there because I heard rumors that it was going away, but the set, like the, the Grinch movie was filmed at Universal Studios. Yeah, so it, it, it was the, it was a stop right, on the, the tram. Tour. So I think that is part of that. Or it used to Yeah, be so I mean so I, I remember because I went once during their holiday season. And yeah, so there was a stop on the tram tour and there was a musical number at that set. And then I remember they had the Seuss tree um in their sort of main area um, up on the top level of the theme park. And it's, it's this delightful tree that is just as tall as every other tree, but it's like, <laughs> you know how, you know how you, you draw a lightning bolt, which is just kind of like two zag, jagged lines next mm-hmm. to each other. Imagine turning that upside down, making it green and putting a little star on top. That was the tree, <laughs> it was a gigantic upside down lightning bolt. And it was wonderful. Yeah. I don't know if they do. Um, I'm just excited to, to hear that. Grinchmas will be coming back. I love Grinchmas. Mm-hmm. It's I think it's a yeah. very good show. Okay. Um, I do like any any live entertainment uh in a park is good. Yeah, I please bring that on. Um I, I'm I'm very strong to believe that Grinchmas will return mostly because of job positions that have been posted. Um oh. because when I was looking at um Universal's um seasonal events coordinator position it said the contract started in july and went through january and part of it was like like running the shows man stage managing sound stages which is <laughs> you know halloween horror nights and grinchmas so i'm led to believe that grinchmas will hopefully be making a return this year also i don't see why it wouldn't because universal's brought back a lot of their live entertainment in the anyway yeah yeah um see uh casey's corner is open again hooray go get you some hot dogs get those Uh, corn dog nuggies yeah uh pokemon wonder yeah this is this is cool so there is a theme park in japan that i believe it's it's going to be a temporary stay where they are opening up um a pokemon exhibition i guess is the best way to say where you go into this forest essentially and they have hidden little pokemon all over the forest but the pokemon are made out of natural ingredients so like i saw a picture of a metapod made out of a leaf um 
yeah, and little things made out of sticks. And so the Pokemon are there, but they are very intentionally hard to find. And so it sounds like a very large Pokemon. It's Pokemon um, Snap. Yeah, yeah, and a scavenger. It's so it's going to be wonderful because the more Pokemon theme parks we see, the better. Um, and again, it just and I think it was pitches like a way to celebrate nature, and it's like yeah, let's let's let us try and teach children that nature is good because we need, we need more nature, please, more nature, please, more nature. Yes, yes, more nature, always more nature. Yeah, we must be living with the land. <laughs> uh, I love pokemon I, I i don't love it as much as like like there are some people who love pokemon but I, i've always like i don't play a lot of video games but i have played pokemon if that makes any sense like like there there it's just it's such a fun little game and so accessible to everybody like it's such an easy game to understand yeah. and i think yeah. i think that's lovely love pokemon mm -hmm. So there's a new uh, Tower of Terror movie coming out. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. So for those of you who don't remember, uh, not too long after the original Tower of Terror was uh, opened, there was a direct-to-TV movie that came out. Um, there was somebody mildly famous that I don't remember who. Um, but uh, so actually, the 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 get so on the ride itself, the like the four or five people who are playing the guests or or the people the. The guests slash employee on the, the in, elevator. Infamous drop. Yeah. The, so those, you know, there's like the 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 couple, the nanny, the child star, and the um the the bellhop. Those five people are actually from the movie. Um I don't know if they were there before or after the movie. I don't know what the timeline was. But so well they uh, obviously very yeah. The timeline of like the the storyline of the Tower of Terror is those five people. <laughs> yeah, but what I mean is I don't I don't know if like it was a planned movie and so they had there those five images because it's it's oh, the same I actors understand. like the actors who play those characters in the movie are the actors. That's true. Yeah. I, yeah, I wonder. So I don't know if the ride opened with those five people because they knew they were gonna play in the movie, <clears throat> or if it was changed because I mean it's gone through a few small uh refreshes in its in its days i don't know um but this movie uh the the only thing we really know about it is that scarlett johansson is producing and probably going to be in it um i think you know pirates of the caribbean is, is obviously the most successful uh translation of a ride to a movie the later this summer we will see jungle cruise which is leaning really hard into the remember that time pirates was a really good movie <laughs> um, aesthetic so i think the success of the jungle cruise franchise will probably determine how far we see the tower of terror movie go if it's if it's going to be you know a, a, if it's going to become a franchise or if it's going to become a a, a one-off or, or right who knows? And, but, and reminder yeah. there's also a haunted mansion movie in the works i Oh, oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. And then we, we've got the Haunted Mansion Muppet special coming out soon. That's true. Oh, um, yeah. so to not answer your question, but speculate about your question of if it was those same people, um, I yes. highly doubt it because Tower oh, okay. of Terror was 1994 and the movie was 1997. So I doubt it was the same. Okay. People. Okay. Um, not confirmed, but we'd have to find yeah, some yeah. ride through of the Tower of Terror from 1994 to figure it out, <laughs> um, which I doubt there is any. <laughs> Yes, yes. But yeah, um, if I had to guess, they were probably five different people and then they like 
tweaked it and it wouldn't be ter- like too difficult to put that film in right in that spot yeah, yeah. but yeah mm-hmm. we'll see where this movie goes like i am all for what i like to call the disney cinematic like the disney theme park cinematic universe um mm-hmm. and i wish that w- i hope with these new movies that they kind of lean more into like they may all be connected situations of like I want C to happen so bad <laughs> and I know that it's not going to but I would love for that to to be a thing I believe the jungle book or the jungle cruise will have some weird allusions to it but not like outright you know what I mean? yeah yeah well I mean I, I I'm uh... I, I wonder if, you know, The Rock's character, like, works for Alberta Falls or something like that, yeah. you know? Some, like, loose um, connection so that if it doesn't go well, they can just, like, nah, and, like... Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. But... I mean, because it'll, it'll, it'll be really interesting because, as you said, the, if, if they want to connect it to Disney Sea, but the... the oh, oh, you're saying, sorry, I misinterpreted. Um... Yeah, the is is Tower of T- is it in Disney Sea or is it in Tokyo? I don't know. It's too early for this. Point is, my my where I was going with this was my concern with both the Jungle Cruise and whatever becomes of Tower of Terror is that the Jungle Cruise series right now looks like they're going to bump into some natives, and with the recent changes of the Jungle Cruise and the overall shift of Disney's. Um, moving away from treating natives as uh, savages. Um, I will be very interested to see what becomes of those characters in this Jungle Cruise movie. But then also the story of Tower of Terror in its Asian iteration. Yeah, it's in, it's in Tokyo. High Tower. It's in Tokyo. Mm-hmm. Is about stealing artifacts from natives right. and the punishment that comes from that. Yeah. Easy so. tie-ins right there. <laughs> hmm and then oh, that'd be fun actually if, if this if actually jungle cruise like is the beginning of a of an sea connected universe like maybe the you know Disney theme park the cinematic post, universe yeah the post credit scene is scarlett johansson sitting down at a bar with the rock saying hey i'm putting together a team of people <laughs> it's actually oceans 11 but it's disney <laughs> <laughs> it's it's this so sea event uh c11 c11 or the <laughs> yes get it ah uh, putting again let me get their team called the sea vengers um help uh, all right run disney it's coming back yeah run disney it's too bad ben's not here to talk about it <laughs> so run disney is starting back for the uh food and wine festival the wine and dine half marathon weekend is going to be november 4th to november 7th um and this year's theme is wickedly dang- d- w- nope can't read hold on this year's theme is wickedly delicious, <laughs> celebrating everybody's favorite villains from Ursula to Jafar. Weird picks, but okay. Um, runners will have the options to participate in their 5K, the 10K, and the half marathon, and the two, Disney Two Course Challenge, which is a 10K and the half marathon. Um, and following that, the race, participants will also have exclusive after-hours access to Epcot to enjoy food and wine. Is that a thing they typically do? Because I didn't think so. I which is haven't heard why of this I want before. Ben here right now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's, I don't actually, think that so. Would be really, that would be cool because, like, yeah how how often do you want to stay in Epcot after it closes? And so, like, giving get oh man, I might actually like do run Disney. I'm not a runner, but man, if I can have like access to my own private 
with semi-private Epcot experience, that would be super fun. Well, yeah, I, I think that because I, I used to be like, OK, so you run these really big marathons and you pay your little registration fee and then you get nothing, maybe a medal. Or you get a medal. I think sometimes you get a T-shirt. I was told I you have to my... purchase the T-shirts. Oh, OK, yeah, but the, the merch is apparently what it's all about. Um, but then, it's yeah, like and then credit. I, I know that I know that the, the big allure for the running is that you do have. It's, and I don't know if they're meet and greets, but there's, you know, unique character interactions that are along yes. the path. Yeah. And, and Ben's and then, talked about how, how cool the marathons are. Yeah. And, and a lot of the time you run through like backstage areas, which to folks like you and me might not be so special but to everyone else. It's like, oh, this is really cool. Although honestly, to folks like you and me, Disney World's huge. We both work there for There's a plenty of there's backstage parts. Yeah. since I've never been. Lots of I've never that, been like, backstage hey. at Animal Kingdom, so... Oh man, yeah, what a what a beautiful backstage they have. But like there's places that A, we haven't been and B, we don't know exist because it's so massive. Yeah. Yep. And I've barely been backstage because I only did, even as a park reader, I only worked one day at Hollywood Studios and two days at Epcot. Other than that, I've only been really in like at at Magic Kingdom. But yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I, I can't run and I won't run. So I will never experience a marathon. But I mean, I can, I, I I'm an elliptical runner. That's as close to real running mm -hmm, as I get. Do you want to go not run together? I will not run ever, Shay. Okay. Like, can we walk at a brisk pace? It's probably more painful. <laughs> um, I don't know because I, I have, um, I have a, a, a professor who does does the marathons every every year and she's in her 70s and she still does it every year so like i don't know and i know the that area. there is a specific qualifying time that you need to be able to achieve though oh really i didn't know that yes i guess that makes sense but, well because they they close the roads and everything <clears throat> like the whole yeah. property is shut down it's the most inconvenient thing in the world as a cast member yeah i uh i was inconvenienced by that a few times um yeah so but cool i'm i'm glad it's coming back yeah everybody seems to like i'm also just so. like excited like i i don't have i've never heard of this after hours or like even any park admission that comes with the marathon so i'm excited that that mm -hmm. is like now the incentive that yeah if you do this really cool thing you get this really cool reward you know yeah yeah that's cool um uh, I'm gonna hurricane Elsa. oh i was gonna skip that oh, sorry. one because i want to okay. talk about it at last um okay well We'll talk about it last. Sesame Street. <laughs> Sesame Street Parade is coming back to SeaWorld. Um, I love Sesame Street's presence in parks. It makes me happy. That's it. Great. I had a friend that, that danced in the Sesame Street Parade. And she oh, yeah? looked like she had a, a blast. Well, cool. So, but you know, you know what doesn't mix with uh, parades? What? Hurricanes. <gasps> Dun, dun, dun. You're right. Um, so this upcoming week, actually, by the time this episode drops, I believe it'll probably be full force down there. Um, but I just wanted to mention that Hurricane Elsa is all jokes aside, because many people are making jokes about this. Hurricane Elsa is a, is a very dangerous tropical storm that's now become a hurricane that's down in the Atlantic Ocean that is looking like it's going to plow literally straight through Florida. Um, and I just wanted to mention to like send out like 
if you if you do thoughts and prayers, thoughts and prayers, send out condolences and, and keep an eye out for people who need help after this hurricane. Um, if we find if we find any uh, outreach programs in which we can donate things, we'll, we'll definitely mention on this next episode. But I just wanted to say that there might be people who struggle in the next couple of weeks because of or months or whatever, depending on this hurricane and uh, it's hurricane season down in Florida. So keep a, keep your thoughts out to these guys. And, and if you are able to, we will try to find some places to for donations as as disaster strikes. So, yeah, um, yeah, that's all we're getting into hurricane season. And it's, it's very scary for those in on the in the southern Atlantic region. Yeah. That's, uh, well, there we go. That's the news. That was the news. Uh, let's uh, let's take a little break, and then we'll come back, and uh, we'll talk about Opryland. Hey everyone, I just wanted to tell you about our new partnership with ScribbleScript Studio. ScribbleScript is an independently owned small business specializing in custom lettering designs. The artist behind it, Emma, is located in the Orlando area and frequently she can be found visiting the parks for inspiration. Some of my favorite stickers are her Happily Ever After Dumbo sticker and her Tower of Terror suitcase. So check her out on Instagram, make sure you let her know that Q2Q sent you, and if you're looking for some fun stickers to put on your laptop or your favorite water bottle, make sure you check out her Etsy shop at Scribble Script Studio and use the code Q spelled just like the podcast at checkout for 15% off your order today. That's code Q Q U E U E spelled just like the podcast for 15% off your order at Scribble Script Studios. Uh, hello everyone, thank you and welcome. And why why did I say thank you? I don't know. Okay. Why did you say thank you? <laughs> thank you for staying with us through the ad break. Thank you for supporting our wonderful sponsors. Uh, and thank you. So, uh, so of course, today we are going to be discussing um, Opryland. So, Becca, why are we doing Opryland today? To be completely honest, Shay, I don't know. I think it's just because you're a theme park nerd and there's no theme parks in Nashville anymore. Yeah, and there was an announcement just a couple days before we recorded this episode hinting that that may change in the next five years. Oh yeah, we just talked about Storyville Gardens, right? Yeah, yeah, that's the one. Uh, we didn't talk about it in news, but that's because we're going to talk about it more later. Oh, right. That was before we started recording. Yes, yeah. Um, but first, we have to do, you know, the very meta narrative of this episode. So uh, <laughs> yeah, what yeah. did you... Well, see, right when I came onto the show, which was a great idea, by the way, uh, that's when we started, uh, well, uh, <laughs> God. Can you tell I changed the script from three people to two? No, 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 no. <laughs> flawless. This is a flawless script, Shay. Ben was never supposed to be here. Oh, Just man. Okay. Once upon a time. Okay. Side notes. This this episode's probably going to be very choppy, everybody. Um, we're going to try our best. But uh, this, in a series of we're all very busy and it's hard to balance three people's schedules, um, this episode was supposed to be recorded on Thursday when all three of us were available. Uh, kind of. Shay was not, but we were ignoring that. <laughs> and then um, we kind of were like, last night, Shay and I were like, tomorrow morning? Great. And never looked back. So anyway oh here why don't why don't you do this line again and i've changed i'm it. not gonna cut what i just said uh, this i, I don't staying think into this episode yeah <laughs> we do this for the fans <laughs> this is for all the fans thanks brian <laughs> and jesse we have a we i have a few friends oh great um excellent so 
a lot of it's actually crazy that a few of my friends like from work like I understand that most of the people who listen to our podcast are people we know in real life because that's how it works when you're a small starting out podcast however it is still very weird when I have friends in my real life say oh so I was listening to this episode the other day and I'm like whoa (laughs) people listen to our podcast yeah wild I I thought I thought it was just me hanging out with my pals every every now and again Abby will listen and I know that uh I got my friend Brendan to listen to an episode a couple weeks ago and he listens to podcasts all the time so Brendan may be listening right now hey Brendan hey Brendan (laughs) anyway yeah First, we have to do the meta narrative of this episode. So as soon as you came onto the show- A great idea, by the way. Yeah, the best idea. Uh, truly, that is not sarcasm. It sounds like it, but it's not. We started letting you write scripts and he just you know, fills them in with compliments and, and on himself. Yeah, exactly, because I love to hear it. Uh, the point is we were <laughs> discussing the episodes we wanted to do and I proposed Opryland, but not just Opryland. The whole area around Opryland because it is- fascinating so we're gonna actually pull like a weird like time traveling episode and we're actually gonna start our story in 2021 today in fact and tell you what's going on just northeast of nashville proper there is a gigantic hotel which i talked about earlier it's operated by marriott and it's called gaylord opryland and there is a performance venue that many of you probably know you know just the the grand old Opry. Maybe you've never heard of it. Who knows? Which it's owned, interestingly enough, by Ryman Hospitality, which is the company that used to be called Gaylord Entertainment Company. There is a tourist mall nearby called Opry Mills. And there's a parking lot, a massive, massive parking lot. Yeah. Why, why in the world are we interested in a parking lot? Well, we're interested because of what the parking lot doesn't do. It doesn't charge for parking. That's not entirely unusual. All the things we mentioned above aren't far away from each other. One can easily walk from door to door of of each in 15 minutes through the parking lot. And one of them is a performance venue. Performance venues are infamous for always charging for their parking. Oh, and that hotel is a Gaylord, right? Their parking is always expensive. We're Uh talking 30 or 40 bucks for a night. And now you can just park at the mall and walk and it's not even a terrible walk it's no further than what we're used to walking at a theme park and Gaylord is open to the public the the best part about the show I saw last night is that we stumbled upon it anybody who can walk or has a car can just go and see the show in a town like Nashville where family entertainment consists of going to the zoo or driving four hours to Dollywood Going to the Gaylord to just walk around and look at the Arboretum is a regular weekend getaway. Sounds like Nashville needs more family entertainment. It absolutely does, which is why we might be getting Storyville Gardens. In a place like this, why would a theme park like Opryland shut down? That's a great question. So let's get back up to about 100 years ago to 1920s. 25 to be exact, to explore why we got Opryland in the first place. In 1925, it's the first time anyone had ever uttered the phrase, the Grand Old Opry. That music venue we mentioned, yeah, not really a venue. The performance hall is actually called the Ryman Hall, just to add to the confusion. It started as a radio show, the longest running radio show in U.S. history, still going on to this day. And every radio show needs a home. The first home was in a radio studio on top of the WSM Insurance Building in Nashville. 
It bounced around a lot, eventually landing in the Ryman Auditorium. Why does his name keep popping up? But it but it quickly outgrew the size and capabilities of the Ryman space. So the insurance company that still owned the brand at that point decided to build their own performance venue. But why stop there? In the late 1960s, Gold Rush Junction, the park that would one day become Dollywood, was incredibly successful. We were over a decade into the money-printing life of Disneyland, and even Astro World down in Texas was proving that the theme park idea had legs. So National Life and Accident Insurance Company, surely the greatest name <laughs> of a business entity ever, another compliment, who's, I, why did I write this thing? God, Shay, why do we let you write things? I don't know. National Life and Accident Insurance Company bought 110 acres of land northeast of Nashville and decided to build not only a new performance hall, but also a performance-themed theme park. And thus was brought into the world Opryland. Land, land, land. Wait, 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 wait. wait. So now we've got the music hall and the theme park accounted for. What about the gigantic hotel or the parking lot? Well, the parking lot is there, some form of it at least. And believe it or not, despite the name and theming, the park actually preceded the Opry itself by two years. And the hotel? Not quite a decade later, the Gaylord Opryland, then called the Gaylord Nashville, was construct- constructed kitty corner to the park. And it was huge. As most Gaylords are. You mean to say there's more than one Gaylord? Gaylord is a large chain of hotels built in large urban areas. If you've driven around the west side of Disney World, you've no doubt passed Gaylord Palms. They have other structures in Denver and Maryland and so many more. But this Gaylord is special. It's the best Gaylord. At least it's the largest. Or it is now. Since it was constructed in 77, it has been expanded several times into a conference center, added over a thousand new rooms, and is now... The biggest. The baddest. Gaylordiest hotel on the planet. That isn't attached to a casino. It's got everything you need an over-the-top crazy-sized hotel. So many rooms, so many restaurants. It has a boat ride. Nighttime entertainment, live music, and waterfalls. Pretty gardens to walk around. An indoor water park. Wait a second, Shay. I thought this episode was supposed to be about Opryland. It's about Opryland and then some. And the Gaylord is a lot of then some. But let's revisit the actual Opryland for a spell. We won't dwell on it much because, let's be honest, you can watch a number of YouTube videos or read wiki articles to get the raw facts and history. Broad strokes, Opryland was a lot like many local parks in the Midwest or the South or wherever I'm living nowadays. It had a, a, a few flat rides. A few roller coasters. A flume or a raft ride here and there. Some masked characters. But the most important thing about Opryland, the theme park built in the name of country music was... The music? Every corner, it seems, had a stage. One could spend the entire day at the park doing nothing but listening to American music performed by real-life people. And by American music, you mean country music, right? Actually, more than country music. Yes, the Grand Ole Opry is an exclusively country and occasionally bluegrass, but Opry Land was themed to all American music. So, like, rock and roll, country, and jazz? Mm-hmm. Okay, well, each... A genre had its own themed land, each styled after different musical aesthetics. And now let's talk about Storyville Gardens. (laughs) What a great transition, Shay. (laughs) Thanks for that. Not at all forced compliment, Becca. Seriously, who's writing this? The transition makes a lot of sense because of the Storyville pitch. The park will theoretically have four different lanes, each themed to different parts of the world. 
Africa, Asia, Europe, and the good old U.S. of A. Will it be about the music in those areas? That remains to be seen. The pitch for the overall theme is really interesting, actually. According to uh, Delisa Delisa uh, Guerrier, the, uh, who's a lead on this project, uh, quote, Middle Tennessee continues to experience an economic boom, and young families move here every day. However, Nashville and the surrounding country, uh, counties, nope, country, counties, um, mm -hmm. however, Nashville and the surrounding counties are missing family-friendly entertainment options for our children. Storyville Gardens will provide that option while also helping parents and caregivers instill a love of reading to their in their children, uh, unquote. <laughs> That's a, a wild quote there. Yeah. <laughs> so this idea makes a lot of sense. I can tell you people my age and younger are moving to the Nashville area because it's an affordable urban environment with a ton of art, affordable housing, lots of things to do, affordable housing. It's centrally located in the Midwest, has houses people can actually afford, and is a step-off point for many musical tours around the country. Oh, and I heard the houses are actually pretty affordable too. But the caveat, Nashville's moving up in pricing. It's already a little bit more expensive than many places than or like than Orlando even. And as as this place becomes more and more popular and our society continues to not build enough housing, well. Uh, but for the time being, lots of young people with kids that will need a place to bring the family on a Sunday, and they're coming and they need some place to go other than a giant conference hotel. Speaking of which, back to the history of Opryland. Land, land, land. In 1980, Opryland and the Grand Old Opry was still owned by. An insurance company. There is a big rigmarole with other insurance company purchase, purchasing stocks, but being unable to take ownership because of antitrust laws. Honestly, it was really complicated and there was a lot of different businesses and divisions. And if you really want to know all the ins and outs, you can go and read the wiki. Go do it. Take this moment right now. Pause this <laughs> podcast. Go read the Wikipedia. Catch yourself caught up. <laughs> anyway, the end of the story, however, goes a little bit like this. In 1983, Opryland and the Opry itself, both in brand and location, were purchased by none other than Gaylord. What? Yep. The hotel built to profit off the theme park now owned the theme park. Hmm. Surely that somehow led to the park's demise, right? Mismanagement or something? Actually, no. And don't call me Shirley, please. Uh, the Good joke, Shay. Airplane. Thank you. Love yeah. it. Hands down. Um, High quality Best joke stuff. ever. Sorry. I think that is a, one of the most highly quoted jokes of all yeah, time. Because it's a good uh, joke. Anyway, the park did not, did see a decline. Oof. Shouldn't have, shouldn't have insulted you there. Now I can't read. <laughs> uh, the, the park did see a decline in the late 80s due to the local competition with Dollywood in Kentucky Kingdom, but it was still well attended and still profitable. A couple of fun things of note that happened in the 80s. An expansion of the park featured a raft ride named Grizzly River Rampage. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> uh, I assume that there was a sister attraction to the rock and roll themed coaster called the Rock and Roller co 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 Coaster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, look, <laughs> finally, in the late 80s, uh, they saw the installation of Chaos, which was an indoor roller coaster that featured the world's first synced music track. So, oh. Upperland pretty much invented the rock and roller coaster style of the ride that we know today. But now it's 1990. Seven years till the park closes. What happens? Earthquake? Tornado? Flood? Well, tornadoes are common in the Nashville area, as common as tornadoes can be, and the park did literally flood in the early years, but no, that's not what killed Opryland. So what killed Opryland? It wasn't mismanagement. It wasn't an act of God. Well, why did Opryland have to die? I'll tell you why. 
Why, Shay? Hubris. The greatest of all temptations. Money. Mm, gets us all in the end. Mm-hmm. Opryland was never struggling. It was profitable for its entire life. But a new CEO of Gaylord looked at the pro- property so unique to the, to the Gaylord portfolio and wondered, could it be more profitable? It was the 90s. Malls were peaking. I mean, realistically, they were on the downward post slump of the peak. Mm. So Opryland was shuttered for no other reason than Gaylord thought a mall would make more money. And uh, have you have you been to the mall? I have. It's quite gigantic. It has all the trappings of a tourist mall. It's got a rainforest cafe, pagodas selling iPhone cases, an outdoor world batch pro fishing store. The moonshine I'm known to consume on this show was purchased right there at the Opry Mills Mall. That's actually a better mall than I know. So oh, is, yeah. is that successful? By mall standards, absolutely. It has carved out a market for the tourists. People who come to see the still-standing Grand Ole Opry or the Gaylord Hotel. The mall itself is a destination with its many themed restaurants and arcades. Uh, there's Dave & Buster's. Even through the pandemic, the halls were packed with people. But... By other standards, not so much, right? To give mm-hmm. you an idea, Gaylord was no, no longer owned the mall and they sold it off at a loss to Simon, you know, the mall company. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that same company owns every other bad mall across the company, country, even before it opened. Yeah, a few years after opening, stories after that the mall opened, stories came out from within the ranks of Ryman, the company that Gaylord became, very confusing, I know, uh, about their mistake. Bud Wendell, the CEO replaced by the man who would destroy Opryland, has been known to say that closing the park was a terrible idea. And that brings us to today. We have a giant hotel owned by Ryman, but operated by Marriott. We have a musical performance venue owned by Ryman, but mostly operated by itself. We have a mall, Seeing a success as rare as a happy country singer owned mm. by another company. And we have a parking lot. Okay, but why do we keep coming back to this parking lot? Because it's free. It's so free. Look, Opry Mill own, owns its success, its success to two attractions nearby. It has to keep the parking lot free so people will continue to visit the other locations. And we have to wonder. This is absurd, but nothing in this story makes sense, Shay. Okay, Simon, the company had a mall dumped on them. It was known before the thing even opened that it was a bad idea. I really wonder if Simon has some bad blood with the Ryman attractions across the lot. And by keeping parking free, they're removing a profit center for the original company that created their initial misfortune. Let's be honest. We have no idea if this is true. In fact, we doubt that it is. But what a dastardly thought. Sort of like the gravestone of the former Opryland is taking a slow, pointless revenge on the entity that killed it. And on that bright note, that's the story of Opryland. Yeah. <laughs> um, what a cra- oh my god, guys! It's so early. It is so early. Uh, I thought that was. Uh, I'm going to pat us on the back, Shay. I thought for rewriting the entire script in five minutes and recording. <laughs> 10 minutes after we both woke up i thought that was pretty pretty good so um hope that it made sense um i'll find out uh later today when i edit it (laughs) um this is interesting this this whole thing was quite interesting though uh i remember you you approached this idea and then you were like oh my god it's way more complex than i thought it was yeah yeah it's 
I I don't know when I went into research I was like well okay it's probably it's a, a landlocked theme park in an urban area it probably just stopped being profitable it was like no there is just there's a lot of different things going in and there's really no good reason for it to have uh shut down which is just just decisions just had been made yeah it's wild it's always sad to lose parks and and usually like like you said usually we lose parks due to non-profitability mm-hmm. and but this one was just a decision that was made and it was turned out to be a poor one yeah yeah well kind of <laughs> I mean, it's, the mall's nice. It's it's. It sounds like a nice mall. Yeah, I, I I I mean, as but as a theme park person, I would rather have a theme park. I would rather be a ten minute drive to a local park. I would be there probably every day. Okay, maybe not every day, but like at least once a week. No, you probably would be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. But, um. But yeah, and like I know that. Uh, I mean, it was it was so the guy the guy who founded my company, uh, the company that I work for, uh, Chuck. A lot of his early work was done making making shows. I don't know if he made puppets or whatever, but he worked like for Opryland. There's oh, pictures, wild. yeah. There's pictures of him directing films and whatever, like inside of Opryland. It was looked like such a beautiful park. Um, but such a bummer. Yeah, so I'm I'm excited for the potential of of Storyville Gardens, though. I'm sure if it opens, uh, it'll it'll be a really nice addition to the area. Because as we said, there's there's a lot of families in this area. Uh, I have talked to multiple people my age and around my age who have moved to Nashville, especially from California. A lot of people moved from oh, California really? to Nashville. Yeah, because Nashville is is pretty inexpensive and it's a small town that. The joke in Orlando is that you can get anywhere in a half hour. The joke in Nashville is you can get anywhere in 20 minutes. I'm not kidding you. Um, and so a lot of people are coming here because it's it's a little less developed than LA. So you can still afford to buy a house and they're having families here. And as the world moves more remote, you know, Nashville has the advantages of all the, all the advantages of a big city, like all of the various attractions that I talked about that I've done this past week. But you can also drive 20 minutes to a half hour and be in the country. It's it's actually a really nice place to be. Please keep moving to Nashville, everyone. Let's turn Tennessee blue. Yeah. Yeah. We love it. I I I always think about like the idea of new theme parks. Like my brain like cannot comprehend it. Like the idea that we are opening a new theme park in the next few years that isn't already attached to a different brand. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just so, so weird. I don't know. I think it's just because like the like theme parks, the theme park big guys have been around since the 50s. Most most parks have been at least are have been at least around since like the 50s and 60s. Mm-hmm. So it's so wild for me to think about like new parks. <laughs> Because, like, obviously, like, the Disney parks are, like, always expanding, but it's, like, yeah, but, like, Disneyland existed, and then they made, in the 50s, or the 60s, rather, and then they made, they made the the next ones. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I don't know. It's just a wild thing. Mm-hmm. And Universal Studios, I mean, just evolved. Yeah. Well, and there, you know, we're getting epic, epic universe. I can't wait for epic universe. Mm-hmm. It's, it's coming. I can't wait. Anyway, <laughs> thanks for joining us on this chaos, everybody. 
<laughs> make sure you subscribe to go go join our patreon for the wild outtakes of this episode because there will be some <laughs> um you can join for as little as as one dollar a month twelve dollars a year and you can get all that bonus content um follow us on all of our social medias and i believe we announced this this last sunday for the fourth of july but we do have new merch we have our drink up me heart is your ho merch over on on our teespring links in our bios on facebook as well as on um instagram so you can you can find over there um and if you can't get there and you don't know how to just message us on one of one of those socials and we'll get that information over to you um if you listen on apple Podcasts, make sure you give us a rate uh, review and subscribe and uh, i think that's that's about it for today mm. and we'll see you guys next week for uh, a fun deep dive into a new film oh yeah mm-hmm. see you later i love you <laughs> bye <laughs>